We turn in Scripture to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. And we begin reading at verse 25. The text is Luke 10, verses 38 through 42. We will not reread that section. Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he, answering, said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus, answering, said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, his clothing, and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast. And brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three, thinkest thou, was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. And now the words of the text. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to him, and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, 
which shall not be taken away from her. So far, we read God's holy and infallible word. May God place his blessing upon the reading of that word. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, the beginning of the year is often the time when you hear about resolutions being made. New Year's resolutions. A resolution is a decision that someone makes, a a determined choice, a resolve that a person makes to do something different or to do something better in his life or to change or improve his habits. Or perhaps a resolution he makes to continue the good habits that he's established, to maintain what good thing he has going on. We often make resolutions at the beginning of a new year because the new year has with it the idea of a fresh start. And maybe an added motivation is found then to to keep up with what we've resolved to do. Maybe some of us have made resolutions for the new year. What are maybe the resolutions that we've made? Maybe we've resolved to be better with our spending habits, to be uh, more deliberately a steward of the monies that the Lord has entrusted to our care. Maybe we've resolved to eat healthier this year or to keep up with our exercise routine, be stewards of our bodies. Maybe our resolution is to be a a better steward of our time. Or, Or maybe it's simply the resolution to have a more cheerful disposition. Or maybe your resolution is to be more hospitable this year, more welcoming to others, maybe thinking more about others, or, or maybe really involving yourself more in the life of the congregation. Maybe, maybe not, maybe you don't really make New Year's resolutions as such. As far as New Year's resolutions go, however, there is one resolution that must be made every year. And that's because this is a resolution that we must be making also at the beginning of every week and really at the beginning of every day. That resolution is this. To make sure I am spending time, quality time, in communion with God. Now notice how I put that. I did not say simply to live more devoted to God or to be more busy in the service of God or or to be more busy in the service of the church. But I said to make sure I am spending time quality time in communion with God. And to do that on a daily basis, to live in close and rich fellowship with God, to enjoy God himself as my God and Father, to enjoy his word, to take the time to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to Jesus' words. Now priorities are hard, priorities are a difficult thing to get in in the right order. And and when we have them in the right order, it's even a a harder thing to live according to those right priorities. The struggle is real. And that's not only a struggle that we have in the 21st century with our busy lives, as they might seem so busy to us, but this is something God's people have always struggled with. And I think here in Luke chapter 10, we see that this was also Martha's struggle that she experienced in the passage. And that's why, while this year is just beginning, we want to look at this very significant and instructive event in the life of Jesus, of Mary and Martha and Jesus visiting them in their house. 
especially as we go forward and our schedules perhaps pick up again in this coming week. We get back into the swing of things after the holiday season. Maybe school picks up again or, or sports pick up again or, or Bible studies pick up again and, and the busyness suddenly picks up again. We want to take the time to look at this passage and remind ourselves of what Jesus said in this passage. Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. One thing is needful, Jesus says. One thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part to sit at the feet of Jesus and to commune with her Savior. As we consider this passage, we take as our theme, Mary, Martha, and New Year's resolutions. So we we look at this with the idea of the new year in front of us, and we look at three things. First, Martha's serious error. Second, Jesus' loving response. And third, our willing choice, or our willing resolve. Before we look at Martha's error as such, let's get a glimpse into who these two women were, Martha and Mary, because we need to be careful in this passage this afternoon and not judge Martha too harshly. Because when we study who Martha is and we recognize what kind of a woman she is, then we might realize that Martha might be an example of who many of us are here this afternoon. Not just women, but men here this afternoon too. Martha might be a picture of how many of us are living in our own homes and families, or or how we are living in our work situation, or how we are living with our children. Because you see, Martha, just like Mary, her sister, Martha was one who was devoted to the Lord. She loved the Lord. She wanted to serve the Lord with all that she had, in whatever way she could. But she fell into a serious error. Well, what kind of a woman was Martha? Well, we could probably describe Martha like this. Martha was a very responsible woman and had a strong sense of duty. Martha was one, we can imagine, who was always volunteering herself to serve others. In the text, in verse 38, we read that Jesus came to a village and entered into the house of Martha. That's peculiar. This house was Martha's House And perhaps Mary and Lazarus, her siblings, lived with her in the house. So from that language, the impression we get is that Martha was perhaps the oldest, or perhaps the older of the two sisters. This was Martha's house. And on this particular occasion, Martha must have warmly received Jesus and probably his 12 disciples with him into her home. And maybe Jesus even came here to the house of Martha because Jesus knew that he would be warmly welcomed by Martha and her sister. He probably stayed here before. Martha then had a strong sense of hospitality. And she had a very clear and strong idea of what things needed to be done if you were going to host a guest. Now, hospitality is one of those noble virtues of godliness. The Bible emphasizes the goodness, the duty of hospitality. Peter writes, Use hospitality one to another without grudging. In the book of Romans, Romans chapter 12, we read, Be given to hospitality. And one of the qualifications given for elders in 1 Timothy 3 is this, given to hospitality. Martha was given to hospitality. 
And she was right in that regard. And now when Martha had the opportunity to prepare a meal for none other than Jesus himself, Jesus and his disciples too, you can understand that Martha wanted to shine. So we can imagine Martha in this event working hard in the kitchen, trying to prepare the best meal that she could for her beloved Jesus and his disciples. While Jesus and his disciples are sitting in the living room and Jesus is teaching his disciples. That's ultimately what Martha was cumbered with, encumbered with. She was cumbered with much serving, we read, giving herself entirely to preparing a meal, maybe a fancy meal, for Jesus. So Martha, we could say, was a a type A woman. She was bold. She was blunt. You you see that from this event. If you would look at other events involving Martha and Mary, you you see the same kind of thing. Martha was a, a direct person. If there was one thing that Martha did not approve of, it was a slacker. It was laziness. To put it in today's context, Martha would have been one of those women who wanted to do it all. Be on four or five committees serving in the church and and maybe the local school, Christian school. Maybe busy giving herself for her children with with their music lessons or their sports activities. Maybe giving every effort to help her husband in his work, serving whatever needs he may have there always racing back and forth, doing this errand and that errand, serving others continually throughout the day. And as I said, Martha wanted to serve others so much because Martha loved Jesus. She was devoted to Jesus. And she wanted to give Jesus her best and serve him with all that she had. So that's Martha. But now let us make sure we understand this. Mary, her sister was no less devoted to Jesus than Martha. But Mary, perhaps helping Martha first prepare the meal, or or first helping make Jesus and his disciples comfortable, saw that everything was now being sufficiently carried out, the needed hospitality had already been shown, and so Mary must have left Martha in the kitchen by herself to go to the living room to fellowship with Jesus. If Martha wants to keep making this meal ever so more extravagant, ever more extravagant, that's up to her. I'm going to the living room because I want to listen to Jesus' words. And so we read that Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and heard his word. And so while Martha is busy preparing a banquet of food, Mary is already feasting on another meal, feasting on the words of Jesus. But now here is where we come to Martha's error. We can imagine Martha there in the kitchen, frantically working as hard and as fast as she can to make the best meal for Jesus and for his disciples. And as the time went on, and as Jesus continued to teach his disciples, and and as Mary becomes completely absorbed in the words of Jesus, and as Mary's sitting at Jesus' feet, there's Martha working hard in the kitchen, and she's got this storm slowly brewing in her heart. And she becomes increasingly agitated and and frustrated and upset until finally, as we read, she could contain herself no longer. She burst into the living room where Jesus was teaching and she said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. After all, isn't her place in the kitchen with me? Am I not in the right? Tell Mary to get off her chair and come help me in the kitchen. Mary, there's work to be done. Now is not the time to be lazy. Help me. Well, what happened in these events? What was going on with Martha in these events? 
Well, the passage tells us, we read it at the beginning of verse 40, but Martha was cumbered about much serving. What does that mean? Well, we we can mark out what happens here in, in three steps. First, as we read in verse 40, Martha was cumbered about much serving. And that word cumbered means distracted. Martha was distracted with much serving. And the, the, the idea really behind that is this, to be drawn away. Martha was being pulled in different directions. She was being dragged away. And the implication of the word then is this, Martha desperately wanted to hear Jesus' words as well. Martha wanted to fellowship with Jesus as well. She wanted to be in the living room with Mary and with the 12 disciples listening to Jesus' gracious words. But she was being pulled away. She was being distracted by her desire to serve and her sense of duty. She was cumbered with much serving. So we can imagine Martha working hard in the kitchen, cooking over the stove, setting the table, trying to find the times to stand in the doorway of the living room and catch a few of Jesus' words. But, but then she's dragged back again to the kitchen to prepare that meal for Jesus. She wants to fellowship with Jesus. Listen, this is important for the sermon this afternoon. She wanted to fellowship with Jesus. But she told herself that devotion is practical. And devotion shows itself in busyness and in service. That's, first of all, what happens here. She's cumbered about much serving. She's pulled away. And then secondly, as we notice in the passage, this distraction, being cumbered about much serving, led Martha to start pitying herself. She was overwhelmed with all that she thought needed to be done. She felt like she was the one scrambling around everywhere, doing all the work. She began to sulk. She was angry at Mary. Look at how selfish Mary is being. And then thirdly, this this self-pity turns to resentment. It's not fair. Doesn't she know better? Look at her sitting there, and I'm slaving away. And so we read, she bursts into the room. Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. Beloved, I think we can understand what Martha must have been feeling because Martha's feelings can so often be our feelings, can't they? We, too, have a strong sense of duty. We want to serve. We want to do our duty. And yet so easily, that sense of duty and that desire to serve can become a distraction. How often don't we say these kinds of things to ourselves? I want to worship. I want to sit at the feet of Jesus. I want to read the scriptures. I wish mealtime wasn't so rushed so that we as a family actually had some time to read the scriptures together, to talk about it, ask and answer questions instead of having to rush through it. How often don't we say to ourselves, I want to have time for Bible study. Yeah, I want to have time. I want to have time for personal devotions. And yet our inner Martha keeps distracting us drawing us away from Jesus' words and and from these personal devotions, and and we grow inattentive to Christ and his word. Because I've got kids to truck here and there and everywhere. I've got this project at home in the shed that's waiting for me, and I want to get it done. And we become so frantic and busy with things that, that maybe we feel we're not even in control of ourselves. We're getting pushed and pulled here and there throughout life, being cumbered about with all kinds of things. 
And then as a result, because we feel ourselves so busy, we can even start to feel sorry for ourselves. Will no one help me? Where's my spouse in all of this busyness? Where are the other church members in all this busyness? They're not focused on what I think needs to be focused on. And then maybe we're tempted to become resentful. No one's willing to help me. We start holding a chip on our shoulders. We become anxious, careful, and troubled, and stressed, and worn out. And notice all the while we're so wrapped up in things, even in good things, serving and and working. We're so wrapped up in things that we've kept ourselves out of God's word and away from the words of Jesus. I've got no time for it. And the way in which we conduct ourselves is having its effect on us and how we think and how we live. That's Martha's error. And then notice even how that error grows. There's more here. In verse 40, let us read it again. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. Now Martha, so pent up with frustration, she speaks rather irreverently to Jesus, doesn't she? It's almost as if she says, Jesus, you're kind of part of the problem. And Martha goes so far as to tell Jesus what to do. And not not to be hard on Martha, but to show the danger of her error. Look at how even self-righteous Martha is inclined to become. I'm the one who's in the right. Beloved, all this from a woman who... All she wants to do is, is serve and shine in how she serves the Lord in the opportunity and the calling that, that she's been given. You see, that's how it can happen. Martha is not attending to the words of Jesus, but she's, she's off working hard in his service, but she's distracted. She's not heeding Jesus' words. And so it can be with us. And quickly what happens is this. We become so full of busyness and, and anxieties That carefulness in the text, uh, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. You are are anxious and stressed out about many things. Those anxieties and that stress can start to build up. We become sick because we're so busy. And, And having starved ourselves of the benefit of God's word, we can then so easily be inclined to become narrow minded, self absorbed, self righteous judgmental, fault-finding with others, critical. That's how it happens. With others in the family, others at work, maybe others at church, we can even begin to find fault with God. After all, he's the one who's made me so busy. He's the one who's given me this schedule. Why doesn't God give me any time for personal devotions? No, pastor, you ask me about my devotional life. I don't do devotions because I, I just can't find the time of day to do them. I don't have the time for Jesus' words. I I don't have the time to sit at the feet of Jesus. Nice for Mary. She can sit at the feet of Jesus while I work. She doesn't have the kind of devotion that I have to Jesus. And you see how that happens. It can happen quickly. It, it, It can take as quickly as the time it takes to prepare a meal. And in all of this, what was Martha's error? Well, let us be clear. Her error was not her desire to serve. Certainly not. She is to be commended for her desire to serve. Her her error was not even how busy busy she was. There's nothing wrong in being busy. 
The text doesn't even say she was busy. It says she was distracted with her much serving. That's the point. She was distracted. Think of Jesus. How busy was not Jesus? Jesus never wasted even a minute's time during his earthly ministry. And laziness is indeed a sin we must be on guard against. Martha is to be commended for her zeal to serve her Lord. That's why Jesus speaks so affectionately towards her. Martha, Martha. But Martha's error was this. Her priorities were wrong. We might say her New Year's resolutions were in the wrong order. Her priorities should have been different. She should have recognized that a light meal for Jesus would have satisfied him. Jesus doesn't care about a a big, fancy meal. And she ought to have recognized that more time sitting at the feet of Jesus and hearing his words would have been better for her. After all, really, how often do you get Jesus over in your living room for fellowship? Especially as he's nearing the end of his earthly ministry. Martha wanted to serve. But she should have recognized what was more needful for her. Not that she should serve Jesus, but that she herself truly should be served by Jesus. That she should feed on his words and spend time in communion with him. She was depriving herself of Christ, even while she was trying to serve Christ. Well, all of this comes out very clearly in the loving response that Jesus gives Martha. Let's look at that loving response. Jesus says in verses 41 and 42, Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Martha's all worked up, We read she's careful uh, and troubled. She's anxious and stressed. And Jesus answers her very tenderly and affectionately. Martha, Martha. And Martha thinks she's in the right. So much so that she thinks that Jesus will quickly take her side. And Jesus gently corrects her. Martha, one thing is needful. Not a fancy meal. Not a properly set table. One thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that good part. What one thing is needful? Well, Jesus doesn't say it with words, but Jesus simply points Martha to the example of Mary. And what's Mary doing? Well, there is Mary, quietly sitting at the feet of Jesus, soaking in the words of Jesus, fellowshipping and communing with her Savior. Jesus says, Martha... Showing proper hospitality, understanding that. But Martha, I would, have prepared, I would have preferred your company here in the living room over all that extra work you're doing in the kitchen. And Jesus says, Martha, this is more needful for you. Now, let's understand, again, Jesus is not saying here that earthly responsibilities and duties and and showing hospitality are unnecessary. Jesus here is not calling us to live a monastic life, a life simply sitting there and meditating on Jesus. Of course, we all have our duties in life. Our work is our calling. Showing hospitality is a calling. And, And we sin if we neglect these responsibilities. We're called to do our best in these things. 
Jesus even encourages us in showing hospitality. He says, you give a cup of cold water to one of these my disciples and you will in no wise lose your reward. But what Jesus is saying in this event to Martha is this. This one thing is needful. This one thing is your top priority for 2023. And he points Martha to Mary. And he points all of us this afternoon to Mary. And it's as if he says, this is it. This is what you need to take care of. Sitting at my feet, hearing my word. This is a a spiritual responsibility you have that transcends all other responsibilities. Because this is what is needful for you. There's, this is the one thing that is needful. And the reality is, when you take care of that responsibility, then you are also spiritually strengthened and equipped, ready to carry out the other responsibilities God gives you faithfully. Because this is the one thing that is needed. What you need from me, not what I need from you, Jesus says, not what you can give me, but what you need from me. And notice what Jesus says. And Mary hath chosen that good part. In the middle of verse 42, Mary hath chosen that good part. This was a a, a deliberate choice that Mary made, a, a conscious choice. See, Mary was just as devoted to Jesus as Martha was, But Mary saw and understood that at this time, this was more needful to attend to the words of Jesus. When Mary was standing between the kitchen and the living room, and she saw Martha in the kitchen spending her time making that special meal in one room, and and she sees Jesus in the other room, Mary made her choice. This was more needful. Well, there's a broader application also in this response that Jesus gives. It has to do with this whole idea of serving. There is this idea of serving that is pervasive, that really says that Christian service is the be-all and the end-all of the Christian life. We were born to serve. Christ saved us that we might serve him. You hear those types of things. Of course, service has its place. Jesus demands it of us. But what this particular text beautifully emphasizes is this. There is one thing necessary for us. And it's not anything we can ever do for God. It's not our service to God. God doesn't need our service to get by. Jesus can get by just fine without our service. This is something I need to remember as a pastor, even in my own work. All this busyness that I might be doing. Jesus doesn't need me. Jesus can do just fine without me. He uses means, we understand that, but but we need to have the right perspective. God doesn't need my service to, to, to do what he wants to do. The one thing needful is not for us to be in service to God, but the one thing that is needful is for us to be served by God. The one thing needful for us is not what we can give to Jesus, but but what we need from Jesus. I think this is important. I I think this is where we sometimes need perspective because this is perhaps where many Christians are exhausting themselves and expending themselves and, and all the while they're starving themselves spiritually. 
Their spiritual lives become weaker and weaker, become more watered down, and, and they're even struggling in their spiritual life because, because they're so busy with being cumbered about with other things. And, and maybe even so focused on, on trying to serve Jesus, doing acts of service, running here and running there, and, and doing all this work that Jesus has given to do, yet without ever taking the time to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to Jesus and taking the time to draw spiritual nourishment from Jesus. This is where we must be on guard for ourselves in the busyness of life. Many say they are so busy that that they don't have time for quality fellowship with Jesus in prayer and, and spending time in the Word and being with the Lord in devotions. This is also the materialistic culture we live in, to be so busy with all these things. You're distracted, you're distracted, you're distracted. That you forget even what it is to be a Christian. This is something, though, that the cross of Jesus Christ emphasizes to us. Jesus did not come to the earth to be served. But Jesus came to the earth to serve That's what Jesus himself says, Mark 10, verse 45, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, to be served, but to minister, to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. And not only is it perhaps pride, but it's extremely dangerous on our part if we think that we can serve Jesus day by day in our earthly lives faithfully without first having him serve us. And our spiritual needs and personal devotions and prayer. We need to remember, this is our perspective. We have nothing outside of Jesus Christ and his cross. We have no strength of ourselves. We have nothing. And without his blessing, all our work is even vain. But in his glorious work on the cross are found all the riches that also equip us and strengthen us for every calling that God puts before us, no matter how busy our lives may be. So we need to be daily drawing out of Jesus Christ so that we even can live faithfully before him in the good works he calls us to bring forth and and fulfill the callings he has given us. What I can also add is this. What we do for Jesus is not the heart of our relationship with him. Jesus prizes our friendship and our fellowship more highly than all our service. He wants us to be with him. He wants us to know him. Jesus wants us to fellowship with him. That's what the covenant is about, isn't it? Friendship and fellowship with the Lord. Jesus says, Mary hath chosen that good part. And what is that good part that Mary chose? It was the word. It was Jesus himself. Mary wasn't cumbered about. Mary wasn't distracted. Mary wasn't self-absorbed. You know, not to be too critical, but Mary wasn't resentful. She wasn't anxious and troubled. Mary was filled with peace because Mary had chosen to commune with Jesus. How, How often don't we experience that too, that even communion with Jesus throughout the day keeps us from being anxious and from being troubled with the many things that are before us. And Jesus says, Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. That's the last part of verse 42. 
which shall not be taken away from her. And what does that mean? Well, that could mean one of two things. Either that what Mary has chosen will never be taken away from her in the sense that she's chosen the fruit, uh, uh, to listen to Jesus' teachings and, and that will never be taken away from her what she's learned in the time she spent with Jesus. But perhaps the better idea is this, that Jesus would not allow Martha in this setting to take Mary away from Jesus and sitting at Jesus' feet. This shall not be taken away from her. No, no, Martha. Mary is not going to be taken away from me to be encumbered about much serving. But rather, Martha, you come and you join us and you sit and fellowship with me. And you can imagine that that's how this event ultimately ended. Martha sitting down beside Mary at the feet of Jesus, hearing his word and fellowshipping with her. After all, that's what Martha wanted, isn't it? That, that's what she wanted in the depths of her heart, but, but she had distracted herself too much with all she thought she had to do. Well, that was Mary's willing choice, her deliberate choice to commune with her Savior. She wasn't going to be dragged in all different directions. She made her choice. And the question comes to us at the beginning of another year, at the beginning of another week. What will be our choice as men and our busyness providing for our homes and families, leading our homes? What's going to be our choice this year? As women, as young people, as children, what's going to be our choice? Well, understand, the choice here is not a matter of two different personalities. It's not as if one personality is better than another personality. That's not the point. Remember, she was distracted. That was, that was her issue. The, the choice here is not the difference between choosing to be busy versus choosing to be idle or, or choosing to be less busy. That's not the choice either. And the reality is also this. It's not as if we now have to make a choice to add something more to the busyness of life, as, as, as if this is now something more we have to put on our to-do list. Oh, yes, go to work, run some errands, go grocery shopping, do that work in the shed, do my chores, and now do devotions and go to Bible study. As if these things, devotions and these other things, are, are just another obligation to check off. And now it's just making my life even busier and more hectic and more distracted. No, that's not it. That's not the point. The choice is prioritizing the different activities of our lives. And the choice is either prioritizing them according to our estimation of them or prioritizing them according to Jesus' estimation of them. Really, at the beginning of every day, I can ask myself, even when I get in my study in the morning, what is the one thing needful? Or as you hop in the vehicle to get to work or are about to eat breakfast, what is the one thing needful? What is the one thing needful? And then two possibilities come to mind. The one thing needful is, is, is this, this stressful thing in my life that needs to get done, that, that's most important, the work I have to do. Or... Or the one thing needful, I'm going to remember that sermon. And I'm going to remember what Jesus said in Luke chapter 10. To make sure right now to spend some time in communion with God. And communion 
with his word. You see, that's what Sunday itself is all about. God himself carves out even one whole day in the week at the very beginning. This is what's needful. God knows it's needful for us to give us even a whole day at the beginning of the week so that we're ready. And even day by day, Jesus had his habits of prayer too, didn't he? Even Jesus, who's the sinless son of God, knew what was needful for him day by day throughout his earthly ministry. Do we have time for devotions and time in God's word? And do we have time for prayer each day? In the busyness of life, with all the ways in which God's calling us to serve him, do we have time for this? Well, the reality is, I'm thinking here of what Martin Luther said. He said, I have so much things to do, so many things to do in the day, I don't have time not to pray. And the busier he was, even the, he felt the more time he had to spend in prayer. What's the point in doing the work if, if I haven't spent time with the Lord in prayer, doing it unto the Lord, and knowing his blessing is, is also on my labors? We don't have time to skip devotions, to skip our personal and also family time with God and with our Savior. And, and what we see at the turn of another year is that life is so short. Life goes by so quickly. 2023 is going to be short. And tomorrow morning, it's going to begin all over again. And there's going to be many temptations to prioritize all different kinds of things ahead of Jesus and ahead of quiet time with the Lord in his word. No matter who you are, whether you're young or old, this will be true for you. Young people, young adults, this is a reality for you in your life, learning to, to not be distracted by many things. Hopefully we learn it when we're young. How shall the young man direct his way? By taking heed to thy word. So that as I walk my way in this day, I, I've taken heed to God's word. Do I have time then for personal devotions? Do I have time for Bible study? Do I have time to be in God's word and in prayer? Or will I be cumbered about with much serving and much distraction and, and then also be full of all kinds of anxieties and troubles? Well, I can ask the question that I asked in the introduction. Have you made any resolutions? I was talking to my wife about this last night, all the kinds of resolutions that we could make. What are the resolutions maybe you have made? What are your priorities? We ought to be devoted to the right things. What are those right things? What are, what are the, what are, what is the priority in life? But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art cumbered about Thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father, we thank Thee for this day that thou hast set aside to meditate on thee and who we are. We thank thee for Jesus and his cross 
And we pray, Father, that day by day we might have the right priorities to, to think rightly about what life is about and, and how we should go about serving Thee. Forgive our sins, Lord. Give us wisdom. And we pray that Thy Word and the instruction even in Thy Word that we've considered this afternoon might be a guide for us as we seek to serve Thee in this year before us. Lord, we stand dependent upon Thee for all things. Give us more of Thy wisdom and shape our hearts and our lives by Thy Word. And we pray that even giving us devotions might be used to, to help us in our walk with Thee. 